uh, I take this opportunity to give glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ because he's a good God. <laughs> it's good to see all of you this morning and it is good to be in the presence of the Lord because we know in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. So that means you have to be joyful. That means when I need any man, please give it to me. <laughs> And uh, it, it feels good when you have a, a, a crowd that responds to what you're doing. And uh, it's, it's great to be with you this morning. Just like Simon said, my name's uh, Becky Baraka. Baraka is a Swahili or a Hebrew word meaning blessing. So you come across me, you get blessed. <laughs> I love the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and my Savior. He has redeemed my life. And shown me the way to everlasting. And this, uh, this moment of time, he's given me an opportunity to be together with you. Just to serve him because he's a good God. I come to you from Kenya, Nairobi. Uh, I'm a pastor. <laughs> yes. That's nice. I'm a pastor of a church called Deliverance Church Umoja. My senior pastor is JB Masinde. And uh, our church is in Nairobi. Sometimes uh, when I travel all around the world and talk about our church, it really looks a big thing, but we are still looking for more. We have a church of uh, over 6,000 people. Ooh, three services on a Sunday morning. And many things happening. But we want to bless the Lord because he's been good to us. He's shown us his grace and we are depending upon him for everything that we are doing. And I know one of the things that the Lord has said to each and every one of us that belongs to the family of God is go into the world and preach the gospel. Now that is not a command to pastors only. It's not a command to evangelists. It's not a command to teachers. It's not a command to prophets and apostles. It's a command for every believer that confesses Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior. So every one of us here is a candidate of being a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what God calls us to do. He goes ahead in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 and says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And what shall you do? You shall be my witnesses. So I want to believe I have a witness in the house this morning. Someone that says that the Lord has given me power that I may be able to preach this gospel. And beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the entire world. I want to believe that the church in Oxford believes this is their Jerusalem. And they're not going to sit back. They're going to arise and be able to do that which God wants them to do. Amen. I believe that is the call of God upon each Christian. And that if that is what God is calling us to do, then it's going to be great when we partner with God. I know sometimes it feels very nice to sit in a good church, enjoy worship, enjoy music, and not do anything. But what God desires us to do, he says, go. Someone say go. He does not say sit. So instead of many of us going, we have been sitting. But I'm trusting that the men and women here who are saying I'm partnering with God so that I can do what God wants me to do. I understand you've been going through the book of Joshua. And uh, you, you began by seeing Moses die, and he's no more there. 
Then you, you saw the spies being sent and spying the land of promise. And then you saw the crossing of Jordan. And, and, and you saw the stones being put into place. You came to chapter 5, maybe where you stopped. And you, you, you saw the circumcision. And I believe I should just begin there and say something that I feel the Lord put upon my heart this morning. Because I know we are ready to pull down the walls. But before the walls come down, there has to be a divine experience. Without divine experience, the walls will not come down. And I thought this morning that you and me can be candidates of bringing every wall that has been standing in front of us, bringing it down. But the only reason and only way we are going to do it is by having a divine experience with God. Why? Because it is never done by human ability. It's never done by our intellectuals. It is never done by how much we know, how much we've been there. It is done by having an experience and a divine experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to believe this morning, as we desire to see the Jericho come down, because I want to say to everyone I know, it is not sweet when walls are standing all around and about you. You would want that wall of sickness to be broken, wall of financial problem broken, uh, wall of uh, uh, unbelief and, and injustice. All these walls, we want to see them come down. But friends, they're not going to come down if we are not going to participate. It's every one of us being called into it. And you know, having dealt with Joshua chapter 5, I believe you talked, you talked about some major things that we see in Joshua chapter 5. Circumcision being the key one. Because there was circumcision, there was celebration of the Passover, and the man assist, and they ate of the good of the land, and there was a divine experience. And I, I want to, that is what, that is the basis of the walls coming down. There has to be an experience in our lives, beginning with circumcision, where circumcision is a sign of cutting off the old life. Because if the old life is not cut off, if you're not submitted to the cross of Jesus Christ, friends' walls will still stand before you. It doesn't matter how many times you go around them. They will continue to stand before you. But God is calling every believer, every, every man and woman, to be a participant into the circumcision. That is where it begins. And, and if, if our hearts are circumcised, if our hearts have been circumcised, if we've been turned, we've turned to God, if our old life has ended and there's a new life in God that has begun, then we are able to face the walls. Something must happen in our lives. Friends, we must, we must be touched somewhere. It is not just a matter of going through life. It's not just a matter of seeing things happen. And you look like you have nothing you can do about it. It is uh, allowing the, the knife of God to come through our lives and cut off every sin. Everything that is not of God. Everything that defiles our lives. Everything that defiles our church, our community. We must see it cut off. And begin to have a rightful relationship with Jesus. Because the old life must go. And I believe that is why Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Second, second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. He says, if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. The old is gone. Behold, everything has become new. And friends, when everything becomes new. Then we can take another step. 
You do not take another step when things are still standing over your life and you're still saying, oh, it is, it is bad, but not so bad. Uh, you, it, it, it is just a mistake. It's not a sin. Friends, sins are sins. They're not mistakes. We've got to, to, to get to a place whereby we have to deal with everything that stops us from going forward. Listen to me, someone. Jericho was a barrier. It was standing before the Israelites. They needed to deal with Jericho to, in order to, to do and to overcome every other nation. Jericho was the first step. But they were not going to face the wall of Jericho if their hearts were not circumcised. And that is why I want to submit to every one of us this morning. A question, great question that we need to be asking ourselves. Are our hearts circumcised? Have we allowed Jesus to be Lord over our lives? You know, it is so bad or so sad that uh, sometimes we have very many people in our churches who have not submitted to repentance. They just feel good to be part of a congregation. And they feel good to be part of what is happening around the world. But they haven't submitted themselves to repentance. And you know, the children of Israel had gone through the wilderness many years, 40 years, and they had not submitted themselves to a circumcision. And when God has just allowed them to cross over, he realized that they were not going to make it until they were circumcised. So he tells Joshua, make flint knives. And I believe that's what God would say to the church today. That friends, we are not just going to go through this life. We're not just going to be part and parcel of what's happening if our lives have not been changed. Friends, I know we look into the world today and we are not happy about the things we are seeing. And we are wondering, God, what has happened to the world? The biggest question is, what am I doing as an individual to what is happening around me? I pray this morning that the Lord will convict our hearts and show us the way so that we can submit to circumcision. And that once we have submitted to, our circum- to the circumcision of our hearts, we will be able to enjoy Bringing down every wall that has been standing against us. You know why, friends? It's because if our hearts have not been circumcised, then we we are walking into through situations with a reproach. Because the Bible says after the circumcision, the reproach was removed. So if circumcision hasn't happened, then the reproach is going together with us. Things that stop us from experiencing God. Things that stop us from experiencing the power that works in the Lord Jesus Christ. Things that limit us. We know what God wants us to do, but we do not do it. The reason is, it's not possible. But you know, once the reproach has not been rolled away, it is very, very difficult to face situations of life. But this morning, the Lord says, I'm willing to roll away the reproach. He's willing to roll it away so that we can begin to experience the goodness of God in our lives. Our lives, our hearts must be circumcised so that we can conquer. It is important, friends, no one wants to be conquered. You don't want anyone to conquer you. You want to conquer situations in your life. You want to conquer things that look difficult into your life. And you know what? You have to experience the power of God so that you can be able to conquer. Reason being, after the circumcision, they celebrated the Passover. They celebrated their deliverance. Oh, they felt, yes, Lord, something great has just happened. Because Passover is deliverance, healing, salvation. That's what they were saying. We're no longer as slaves of sin. We've become children of God. And that's why they celebrated. They did not celebrate until circumcision took place. 
And I pray this morning that we're going to celebrate with someone who is saying, my heart needs to be circumcised. I need to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. He needs to do a work in my life. You know, when we talk about... uh, them celebrating, we are saying they were remembering of their deliverance from slavery to freedom. And uh, you know what? This is the power of the cross. It is the power of the cross. We may not see to celebrate Passover, but when the cross of Christ has been experienced in our lives, then we are able to know that it has brought us freedom. I want to assure you friends, freedom, security, and safety does not come from anything else. It is by the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Christ brings us into a place of freedom. Why? Because the Bible would say in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, for there is no salvation in in any other name. You can look for what you're looking for in different places. You can begin to search it out, you know. Oh, you try this and that. You're trying to make it work. But it doesn't work because there is no salvation in any other name. It is by submitting to the cross of Jesus Christ. It is by allowing Jesus to have his place in your life. And that will bring freedom in your life. Many men and women are living in bondage today. And wondering, how am I going to get out of this? And crying out and wondering, is there anything that can happen around? I've got good news for us, church, that we've got the answer to the world. We've got what the world is looking for. It is by the cross of Jesus Christ. That the world will experience what God has released into their lives. Listen to what First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse, eight, uh, verse 18 says. It says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But it is the power, hallelujah. It is the power of God. Listen to me someone. If you want to experience power, you do not experience power through every other thing around and about you. You experience power by the cross. It may look foolishness. It may look like, oh, these guys, oh, these guys talk about the cross. They talk about the blood. They charge things. You know, you do not have to get so deep into it. Listen, that is what has changed our lives. That's what has made us who we are. The cross of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And that is why Paul says it may be foolishness, but only to those who are perishing. If you find the cross foolish, it means you're not headed to where we are going to. It is important to change your direction. When you begin to reason, what about this cross? What about this blood? Friends, you need to make an, a, 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 a turn around and begin to experience the power of the cross. That is what repentance is all about. Being a part and a parcel of a church. It's not just becoming a good member. Coming every Sunday, giving some good givings. And, and, and you know, being there, feeling good. And we talk about, you know, we, we want to talk about just be a good person. Jesus said there is none who is good. Only God. So for you to become good, you need God. You can never be good in your own. And I believe this morning, if we submit ourselves to that power, every wall that stands in our lives will come down. And the glory of God will be experienced upon every man that desires to see that happen in our life. Why? Because the, 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 the cross is the foundation of our faith. That's where our faith rises from. That's what, you know, I love the singer that sung and said, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. That is what I desire. Friends, the burdens that we are carrying, the walls that are standing before us, they cannot be moved but by the power of the cross. 
And that is what we desire to see happen so that God can be glorified in our lives. That is our foundation for us to conquer our enemies, the enemies of our lives. For us to conquer the walls that are standing all around and about us. We need to experience the power of the cross. Men and women that have experienced the power of the cross never remain the same. They experience greatness in God. They begin to, their language changes because the cross brings a change of our lives. And friends, that is what we need to be. The Bible says you are the salt and the light of the world. It means when the cross works in your life, you begin to shine in darkness. You begin to add test to things that had become testless. And you can agree with me. The world is becoming so testless. You do not find any light. It looks so dark. But the question is, where are the light carriers? Men and women that are supposed to be shining in the world. You know what has happened to us? Sat back in our good church and just saying, oh, we thank God we knew him. We are not like them. But God is saying, go to the world. Shine there. It's no time to be comfortable, friends. It's time to arise. And how are you going to do it? Have an experience with him. You will not sit back. When you have an experience with him, you will move ahead. You know, after all those things happened, Joshua had to have an encounter. And this means every Christian must have a divine encounter with God. You can read it in chapter 5 verse 13. The encounter that Joshua had is the encounter that gave him the victory over Jericho. And every one of us who is looking for victory in his or her life, there has to begin something working within you and having an encounter, personal encounter with God. Friends, I know we encounter very many things and very many people around our lives. But the only thing that brings a difference in our lives is our encounter with Jesus Christ. When you have a a divine encounter, then things will begin to happen. So to face every situation in your life, To face every mountain, to face every wall, you need a divine encounter. Every person that God uses must be, uh, must have a divine encounter with God himself. This is what I mean by that. We keep asking, why is God not doing it in our times? The people that are saying, oh, days of miracles are over. I want to say, we are living in the days of miracles. It is only the church that needs an encounter with a miracle worker. Hallelujah. If, if the church would have an encounter with Jesus, things will begin to happen. It reminds me of the apostles in Acts chapter 4 when they had done a miracle and people did not want to, to believe it. Looking around, they realized we can't deny it. These men are not learned, yes. They are not educated, yes. But what they have done is evident to everyone. And you know what they concluded by saying? It proves they have been with Jesus. So if there is a man or a woman that has an encounter with Jesus, the world must begin to notice. Hallelujah. The world must begin to notice that we have been with Jesus. That is what it means to have a divine encounter. Having God do it for you. Once one experiences a divine encounter, something of God begins to happen. Now, if something of God has not been happening within you, you need to ask yourself, have I had an encounter with him? Some of us had an encounter the first time we said, yes, Jesus. But we have never had another encounter. We are living in the anointing of 1970. Oh, when I met Jesus Christ. Oh, when he saved my life. Thank you, but what is he doing now? It's good to think about those good old days. 
It's good, but I thank God for what Paul says. Paul says, I am focused, forgetting what is behind me. My eyes are set to the goal. Friends, there's something great that you need to go for. We cannot settle anymore. Let's have a, a divine encounter with God. Because some walls in our generation must come down. And they're not going to come down by just nominal church members. People who are feeling good just to be there. Oh, you know what, friends? I enjoy doing what I do. Because you know what? It is not by my own power. It is by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you experience God, when you have an encounter with him, something happened. You encounter God and your life just changes. Something just begins to happen. Think about Joshua. When he meets this man with a sword and he asks him, are you for us or against us? That's what Joshua is asking. And Joshua realizing this guy says, I stand in the presence of God. He fell before him to worship. And that is what it means to meet with the maker. Friends, I know we have God all around and about us. But how much do we feel him? How much do we touch him? Where is he? We, we sometimes get to pray and we are looking for him like he got lost some years back. I am praying that the church would be able to find God. One more time. Hallelujah. We cannot continue to search for him. You know, oh, I have searched everywhere. I've gone, uh, I don't know where he's found. Let me tell you, God, the Bible says, seek, seek the Lord and he shall be found. So if he's not being found, something must be wrong somewhere. Have an, a divine encounter with him. I pray this morning that there will be someone saying, I need that. Oh, my life has missed that for long. I've tried to do it by my own intellect, tried to do it by the way I understand, but it hasn't happened. I'm looking for a man or a woman that will say this morning, I need an encounter with the master. Yes, I know him. I've surrendered my life to him, but I haven't been doing what he expects me to do. I haven't been walking in that power. I haven't experienced the, the supernatural. Listen to me, someone. There are people that are not going to believe our gospel until they see the supernatural. And you know what? You're not going to carry all of them to Africa. You know, sometimes we say, oh, it is only in Africa that the supernatural is happening. Let me, let me announce it this morning that the miracle worker is in, is in, in the UK tomorrow, today. He's willing to touch someone that something can begin to happen. The people that want, they want you to prove it, you know? Prove that God is alive. We may not be able to prove it, but God is gonna do something to prove himself. And that is what we need to look out for. We need to stand up and say, God, you cannot be defended. You know how to defend yourself. And because God knows how to defend himself, we will release ourselves before him and allow him, allow him to do the great things that he's able to do. Allow him to move in the way that he's able to move. Church, we need an encounter with God. We cannot continue to sit and watch things go the way they are going and begin to think we cannot make it. Oh, thank God the Bible says, greater is he that is in us. And if God is in us, he's so great. I'm not going to get afraid of what is going to happen. I got to go into his presence and begin to experience his power. And this morning, the Lord is going to do it for you. You that has been longing. You know, some of us had an experience some years back and it's like we lost it. We're wondering where did it go to? The question is, have you been in his presence? 
Because if you have been in his presence, you can never miss him, friends. You cannot conquer many issues of our situations today if you've not been in his presence. You must learn to be in his presence. Because in his presence, that's where you get your power. Friends, there are issues in life. There are situations. And that is what we'll be calling this morning the walls that stand against our lives. They are there, but without a, without a divine encounter, nothing will happen. And that is why my prayer this morning is, is there a man or a woman? That is desiring more of God. You're saying I'm tired of where I have been. I cannot continue to see things happen the way they've been happening. I want to push and go for what God has for me. Hallelujah. You know what that person should do? You should be able to honestly seek God. As a church. As an individual. As a community. We must begin to seek the Lord. Friends, we've been busy with many things. We've been, we are living in a busy, a busy place, busy lifestyle. Everything around us is busy. Oh, I have no time. But God is calling upon the church. God is calling upon the individual to begin to honestly seek him. When we begin to honestly seek the Lord, he shall be found unto us. Because what will happen is that it is only in his presence that you will encounter him. I know, you know, sometimes I, I say, uh, we've gotten to these days where things are just quick, quick. You just, it is just at a press of a button. Press, you know, put milk in the oven, it is out, it's ready. And you're like, even we want God to work with us like that. Microwave. No, friends. We must begin to seek the Lord. He says seek. Seeking is not at a press of a button. Oh God, you know how busy I am. Just do it. You will find me along the way. No. It is true you may be busy, but he's saying, he's just saying, slow down for me, my daughter. Slow down for me, my son. There's something more that I can do. Because you know what? If you do not seek him honestly, you will have good programs, but they will not bring fruit. Because he's not involved. And you wonder, oh, we have done programs. We have, we have used all the means of ways that we know. It is because you knew, but God didn't have it. it the only thing that God is going to support in our lives is what involves him. And what involves him is seek him honestly. You have to seek God honestly as a church and as an individual. And then he will be found and things will begin to happen. You don't have to feel hopeless. You know, some of us have tried the programs and now we are feeling hopeless. We are feeling discouraged. You're saying, if God wills, it will happen. We're giving up. Friends, it is not a time to give up. It's a time to seek him honestly. It's not a time to be discouraged and say it is not working. It's not a time to begin to feel like, oh God, if you came yesterday, things wouldn't be how what they are today. I want to say he's always on time. And this morning, he's here to touch you. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is someone feeling I need him? I need God more than I have ever had him. You know, sometimes it feels nice when everyone around you is just saying, I love God. But you see, you walk around the streets and the things you see, you don't even want to see them. You want to go back to your house and lock yourself because you're wondering whether something has gone wrong in the world. It is because you as a believer, you have not done what God wants you to do. I pray this morning 
that we will be willing to have a divine encounter with God so that he can get us to where he wants us to be. Because you know what? A divine encounter with God makes you, makes it easy for you to know he's alive. Because we've not had a divine encounter, it's, it's not easy to believe he's alive. And that is why the writer of Hebrews writes and says, whoever comes to God, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. For whoever comes to him must believe that he is. Now, how do you do things without believing he is? You must believe he exists. You must believe he's there. He is a rewarder. Friends, faith is not what you think, how you plan things to happen. Faith is believing God is and he will do it. And you take a step and allow him to do it. And friends, this is what I desire this morning. To see men and women that can know that God exists and he is a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. It is for those who seek him diligently, earnestly, They're the ones who will find him. They're the ones who will begin to see things happen. Maybe a good challenge would be that, oh, is there a place we've lost it? We no longer seek him diligently. Is there a place in our lives? We've not been in the presence. We've not had this encounter. Joshua realized, before I face that Jericho, before I bring down the barriers that are standing before me, I need an anointing from the presence of God. And friends, get into the presence and the walls around this city will crumble down. Get into the presence of God and the ideas of men will be brought down. Every imagination that is not godly will be brought down. Why? There are men and women that are in the presence. That's what Joshua needed. It's it's exciting to say we've crossed over. It's exciting to say manna has ceased. Now we begin to work. And when you begin to work, you become busy, but you're not working with him. You're working for him, but without him. Doing things by our own efforts. I pray that God will stir faith within your hearts. This morning, the faith that we begin to tell you, it can happen again. It is not over. God is going to do it again. In our time, God is going to do it again. Friends, believe it in your heart. If he did it many years ago, he can do it now. That God who met Joshua, and Joshua had an experience. It's the same God. As you go through the book of Joshua, you cannot face your enemies without that encounter. And friends, it should not just be a good time of feeling, oh God, it was good to do the book of Joshua. It should be a time whereby, thank God, we experienced you through this book. Because that is what God is looking out for. For a man and a woman that can experience him. For a man and woman that will see the power of God. And begin to say, he is alive in my heart. He is alive in my life. Friends, Divine encounter. How are things going to change around you? Divine encounter. How are walls going to come down? Divine encounter. How are people coming to be one to the Lord Jesus Christ? Divine encounter. Without divine encounter, you can make programs. They're very nice because we plan. And I love planning myself. But I keep saying God like what Moses said. God, if your presence do not go with me. I don't want to go. Because if our programs, the presence of God is not being experienced, then nothing is going to really happen. How I pray this morning, men and women that have circumcised their hearts,
Men and women that have experienced the deliverance. Men and women that have been touched of God moving forward to say, every wall in my life must come down. Every obstacle. You know what? There may be obstacles that stand on our way. But the best thing to deal with obstacles is to allow the spirit of God to work around us. Because when you come to Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1, you realize Jericho being a barrier, Joshua needed God more than anything else. And friends, there are things that are barriers to our evangelism. There are things that are barriers to the preaching of the gospel in this nation and in many other nations. And those barriers must be brought down. Friends, we must begin by dealing with the obstacles that stand our way. And those obstacles will be dealt with by men and women who have an understanding that it is not me, it is God. Men and women who have given their self-will and allowed the will of God to consume their hearts. That is, those are the people that will bring a difference in the world. We need to conquer and there is need to conquer what is ahead of us. But how are we going to conquer it? By the power in the name of Jesus. We sang this morning, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The Russians run into it and they are safe. But how many times do we really run to that name? How many times men and women that run to the name of the Lord as a strong tower are people that have faith God can do it. If you faith God can do it. Before you think, you know, uh, some, sometimes they say, you know, there are people when they have an issue in life. There are places they go to before they go to God. Maybe if you're sick, you think about a doctor before you think about God. If you don't have food, you think about a supermarket or a store before you think about God. But there are men and women, when they know there's no food on their table, they know there is a provider. When there's sickness standing before them, they know there is a healer. His name is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. That is the Lord that is in this house this morning. The Lord that is willing to transform our lives. The Lord that is willing to touch us one more time. The Lord that is willing to bring us to a point of experiencing his goodness and his love. It takes people who are desperate for the presence of God. Friends, become desperate for the presence of God. That is how Joshua was when he was in that presence. He told, you know, I like, I like what Joshua said to the angel. What, what is God saying about us? He was so desperate to know what God wanted. So it takes men and women who are desperate for the presence of God. And they can move beyond convenience and personal gain. You know, we, we want to know how convenient, how convenient is it for me? If it is not convenient, we don't want to get engaged into it. But men and women who are going to bring down walls that are standing before them are men and women who are desperate for the presence of God and they are moving beyond their, they are moving beyond their convenience and personal comfort. They don't want to ask, what am I going to gain? They want to say, what will God do? It is more about what God will do than what I'm going to gain. Bad enough, we live in a generation. That wants to know what is there for me. Before we know how it brings glory to God. It's my prayer this morning. That there shall be men and women. That will become so desperate for the presence of God. So that they can carry this presence together with them. Even when they are facing situations of their lives. They can carry this presence when they are facing anything that is coming their way. They're not just guys who want to feel cool, you know. No, you know, we just have to feel cool. We want to, yes, we know these things are there, but no, we want to feel cool. Thank you. But that is not what God is looking for. 
It, it, it feels nice to feel cool, but is that what God is looking for? No. He's looking for a desperate heart. A heart that is longing for God. A heart that wants more of God. It is good to understand that uh, there, there are deep issues that people are going through. Uh, all around and about us. There are those, there are issues of addictions. There are issues of, of, uh, of em, em, emotional bondages. People are living under bondage and things are not happening right with them. There are moral perversions. There is a fear of the future. There, there, there is loneliness over their lives. There is a breakup of families. And those are deep issues that are happening around us. Friends, how are we going to overcome them? How are we going to bring down those walls? Those walls of of immoral perversions. Those walls of emotional bondages. How are we going to bring them down? Fear of the future. You know, looking around and wondering, is there anything for me here? We need to be in the presence of God. So that we can be able to deal with these issues. And all this, you know, must be conquered. Those are what we need to conquer in our day. We need to conquer those issues because God has something special for men and women that are calling unto him. God has special purpose for men and women that are desperate for his power. We need to conquer those walls. They must be broken. The walls of loneliness must be broken. You know, the walls of sicknesses and disease. Whereby we've gotten to a place, we are told this, this one cannot be healed. And we tend to settle. As a church, God is calling you to see beyond what the doctor sees. God is calling you to see beyond what, what, what the financial analysis are seeing. Oh, you know, there's a credit crunch. Oh, finance, economy is going wrong way. And we are getting worried. How are we going to make it? We're used to this good life. Things are not going to happen. It is a time to lift your eyes and say, like what David says, I lift my eyes towards the hills. Where does my help come from? Your help does not come from financial stability of a nation. Your help does not come for good economical time in a nation. Your help comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. It is until as a church we begin to help men and women understand. It is not in what we have done. It is not in what we can do. We can be good, smart in our lives. We can be good in planning what we need to do. But listen to me this morning. God would want you to shift your life and stop believing in yourself and begin to believe in him. That's what God is looking for in our heart. He wants us to conquer. He wants us to bring those walls down. We can see generations being destroyed. We can see we we are people that are saying there is a generation that is coming that doesn't know God. It should it should pain us as a church and say, will our children worship our God? We need a divine encounter that our children will see the power of our God. It's not over, church. God still wants to do it in our time. It's not over. It is only us who are giving up. It's only us who are getting discouraged. But God will say to someone this morning, there is hope for you. Get desperate for God. Get desperate for his power. Get desperate for his move. Get desperate that God will begin to show himself great and mighty. There has to be something more, church. There has to be something more in God. It's not over. There has to be something more. There has to be men and women that are willing. You know, the Bible says, whoever will, whoever is willing to lose his life will, will find it. But whoever wants to keep it will lose it. 
Too bad we are on the edge of wanting to find our lives. Oh, we are very careful with what we say, lest we fall into hard arms. And God is saying, church, I'm building my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. God is looking for men and women that can join him and say, God, I want to build it together with you. I know there is something you can do, God. I want to surrender to you. So people in the world today are looking for something different. They're not, they're not contented. They are hungry. Their hearts are looking for th- something different. That's why you see people flapping through TV channels. One channel to another. And they're not finding what they're looking for. It's not found in a TV channel. Friends, you have it. You must arise and say, we have what the world is looking for. Hallelujah. Many people are trying to find it by trying to be more philosophical, you know. Maybe more as if I get some philosophies around and about me, maybe it will make sense. It's not found in that. That's where people are trying. Others are trying to move from one, one movie theater to another. Because they are hungry in their lives. They are trying to find something that can fill that place. Church, we have it. You know what? It's only that we need to allow our hearts to be circumcised. Celebrate the deliverance of God. And be able to have a divine encounter. And then we will offer to the world what he's looking for. The reason we look, we seem to be hopeless is because we haven't encountered it yet. But time has come. And this is your time. Every wall that has stood before you so that you don't encounter Jesus, this is the day. You can encounter him in a mighty way. I I have seen people trying to look for what can satisfy their life. They get into drugs so that they can feel a bit high or a bit cool, but it doesn't help them. They're looking for something. They're empty. They're hungry. Where shall they find it, church? It It is because... We are not providing what God wants us to provide. We've been too settled. We've been too comfortable. But Joshua went into the presence. I love what God told Joshua. Remove your sandals. For where you stand is a holy place. And time has come for the church. We must remove our sandals. We've been too comfortable. Too comfortable in the places where we are. But God is asking us this morning, are you willing to remove your sandals so that you can face the wall ahead of you? Are you willing to submit? That is what God is asking for. Are you willing to submit to my will? Are you willing to be obedient to what I am saying so that you can bring down what is standing before you? Friends, there is hunger everywhere and people don't understand what they can do to satisfy that hunger. But you must know Because you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to do something that will become a magnet to to attract those who are hungry out there. Whether we are on the streets, they should be attracted to us. They should see you and see something different. And begin to cry out and say, you have it. You have what I am looking for. It has to happen in our homes. Our own children must be attracted to what is happening in our lives. Friends, we don't have to become so, you know, so discouraged that our own children, because our own children cannot love our God. You need something that will be like a magnet. And it will attract them to your God. That's what God is calling you to. And if we get it, the world will be born. It will be saved. 
If we get it, the world will find solace in God. You know what? They need to see it. When they see it, they will believe. And that, that will bring a great blessing in their lives. So friends, we must experience that divine encounter in order to help others around and about us. So move from the normal routine. We must move from the normal routine. The way we've done things. The way we we think it works. The way we think that is how it has worked for years. We, we, we have no other way of doing it. God would want you to do it the other way. Because he is the only one who knows the way. He knows, you know what? When Joshua knew he was going to face the, the Jericho people, he would have decided to make an army and tell them, get ready for war. But God told Joshua, put, put aside what seems to be normal to you. Get out of your normal routine so that you can find what God wants. And to get out of your normal routines pushes you into the presence of God. Because you do not want to do it without knowing God is involved. How I pray this morning. Some of our normal routine is not sharing the gospel of Jesus with people. We're like, oh, how will they, how will they take it? They're going to think, how are they going to look at me? How going to, they, it is, that is your normal routine. But God is saying, come out of it. Begin to talk about it. If you love him so much, you can never keep quiet about him. You need to speak about him because the world needs him. Oh, you know, some of these nations, you cannot just speak like that. Yes, but with God. You know what I thank God for? Joshua, before he went to attack, before he arrived to do what he did in Jericho, he had an assurance that God was with him. Hello, let's look at Joshua. As a, uh, let's just look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1. Maybe, you know, a good, a good preacher opens her Bible. So lest you say she never read any scripture. I've talked about many scriptures, but it is good to read one, isn't it? Hallelujah. <laughs> Joshua, let's look at Joshua chapter 6 and verse 1. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none, none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho into your hands. It's kings and the mighty men of valor. You, will, you shall march around the city all you men of war, you shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. Maybe you could read the scriptures for yourself some other time. But one of the things I wanted to bring to your notice in that scripture is that before Joshua did anything, he was aware he was sure that God was with him. Because God said, Joshua, this day, behold, I have given you Jericho. And you know, there is nothing good to do when you know you are with God. When you know the presence of God is together with me. When you know what I'm going to do is not of my own, but it is what God has, has assured of me. So Joshua had God's assurance. That what he was going into was, was what God wanted. You know, Jericho was shut up. No one came in, no one went out. But one of the things that blesses my heart is that the reason, jo the reason Jericho was shut up was because they had heard about the fame of the Israelites. 
They had known what God had done with them. And because they knew the Israelites were coming, and they knew those men are great men, they thought we shall shut ourselves in. We shall wall ourselves. Well, listen to me, someone. You can never shut yourself in and lock God out. He will still penetrate. It doesn't matter how tight your walls are. It doesn't matter how, how big those walls are. The power of God will still penetrate through it. And this morning, it doesn't matter what wall is standing before you. It's not too big for God. It may be big for men and women around you. It may be big for people that are seeing it. But blessed be the name of the Lord. That there is a God who is more than enough. Hallelujah. There is a God who is greater. Listen, when God gave uh, Joshua the assurance of victory, Joshua knew their enemies were already defeated. And I want to say to you this morning, having the big God in you, your enemies are already defeated. Your walls are already crumbling down because of the power of God. I love what God says. He says that just go around the city. You have victory, Joshua. You and the men of Israel, you have victory. Your enemies are already defeated. Romans chapter 8 verse 37 to 39. You know, I love it. The Bible says you are more than conquerors. In other words, you've already conquered. I want to say your situation is not going to conquer you. You shall conquer it because you have the conqueror within you. Don't look at that situation and think, oh my God, we are conquered. No. He says, you are more than a conqueror. That wall is not going to conquer you. That situation is not going to put you down. That issue is not going to finish you. That is a great God. That is what he says. I love what he says in First John chapter 3 and verse 8. First John chapter 3 verse 8. You know what the Bible says? For this reason, the son of God was manifested. So that he can do what? So that he can destroy the works of the enemy. And because the son of God has already been manifested in our lives. Jesus Christ is king of kings and lord of lords in our lives. Every situation must bow before him. And that is why every wall must crumble before him. And friends, there has to be men and women who already understand that they are more than conquerors. When you look at your faith, you're not looking at a faith that has been defeated. Oh, you know, as Christians now, nobody is talking good about us. People are not in for this church thing. Let them be who they are. But Jesus says, we are more than conquerors. We're not going to keep quiet until we see their lives changed. Don't keep quiet, friends. It's not time to keep quiet. It's time to arise. It's time to become a warrior in your spirit. God is looking for some warriors. You don't become a warrior without an encounter. You need an encounter of Jesus. That you can be a warrior in your spirit. That when things are trying to challenge you, you stand against them in the name of Jesus. And you say, you know what? Jesus has already defeated you. Jesus has already conquered you. So you are not conquering me. I am conquering you in Jesus name. That is what God wants us to do this morning. Are there men and women that are willing to submit to that? God will do it for you, friends. Just know he's there for you. The war has already been won. You know, it is not the will of God that any should perish. It's not the will of God. Friends, yet they may look miserable. They may look like they are very far from God. But it's just because you have not approached them yet. The moment you speak to them, something will going to happen. Because God has a plan for their lives. 
You know, sometimes we behave like these guys who are not looking very good, God has no plan for them. We think until they say yes, then God begins to have a plan for them. No! The Bible says, behold, I know the plans I have for you. So he has plans for them. Friends, some of them die without fulfilling their plans because they never knew Jesus. You have the right to speak to them. May the Lord give us the the will and the power. A warrior spirit that will never get settled and still you see things happen. I'm looking for men and women that will not be settled in their seats, will not be settled in their homes, will not be settled in their places of work, will not be settled in the presence of sinners. Sometimes we become too comfortable with men and women that are not working with God. And we say, you know, all of us are, you all know all of us are equal. So what do we do about them? No, you have something you can do about them. I pray that God will make you uncomfortable where you are until you begin to speak about him. I pray that God will begin to shake things around you until you begin to do what he desires that you do. And you know what, friends? If we are going to conquer, it is all of us. It's not for some. It is for all of us. We must be involved in the conquest. How are you going to be involved? When God spoke to Joshua, he told them what he should do with the people. And every person was supposed to be involved. It's only that they were given positions where they're supposed to be. And today I want to say to every one of you, you have a part to play in the kingdom of God. You have a part. It is for all of us. Everyone. Friends, it is not going to look, you know, you may not look smart when you begin to do it. But you know what? If you're doing it for God, you'd rather obey than look for smartness. It didn't look smart for the Israelites to walk around those walls. Wake up in the morning, walk around one time, and then they go back. You think it looked, they looked like they were smart? And that is how we think. Sometimes, oh, some of these things are foolish. How can you do that? But that is what God had said. You know what God is calling upon the church to do? Walk in obedience. We must obey him. He gave instructions. How many of us are willing to take the instructions and follow what God has said? Because some of those instructions don't look like the way you want them to be. Do you know some of the things we want God to do, we want to do them in our style. We want God to save people, but we want to get where they are. And they just say, can you pray for me? They will not say that. You have to begin to speak. Or you may not look like a learned person when you begin to speak about it. But the power of God within you will convict their lives. And that is why the Israelites would have questioned Joshua. How can we go around a city? How? How how can we go around? We are supposed to be fighting. To make the matter worse, they were told to carry trumpets and blow them. They were not going for a worship service. You know, when you're going for war, it will be easier to carry guns and to carry things of war. And But can you imagine you're following people who are just blowing trumpets and it's not a worship song? But the men that are walking in obedience, you know why the church seems to be growing weak? It's because we've refused to follow the instructions of our master. We want to do our way. We want, we want to do the way that we look, you know. We are intellectuals, you know. We need to do it with a plan, good method. You know, we don't have to look like, no friends, listen. There are things that may look foolishness, but that is where the power is. Because when the Israelites obeyed and went around the world first time, second time, third time, six times, and the seventh time, they have to go seven times. Oh God, and people going to think we are crazy. 
We care much on how people are going to see us. We care much on what people are going to say about us. But do you care what God says? Do you care what God says? Oh, what are people's opinion about it? Do you know God's opinion? Whose opinion are you going to obey? Men's opinion or God's opinion? The reason the church is weakling is because we, we are so much concerned about men's opinion. We want to do it our way. But this morning I've come to say everyone must get involved. If people are going to be born again and be brought to this church, you must be involved. Thank you for having prayed, but now begin to go. Oh, you know, we have really been praying. We want God to touch people. God has already touched them, but no one has told them. You know what the Bible says in Romans chapter 10? How shall they hear? Unless there is a preacher. And some of us are very spiritual. Oh, that is the work of pastors and evangelists. No, you are the person God is counting on. Thank you for having prayed, but rise up. Please don't push evangelism to some people. Be sure God is counting on you. You must get involved. What is your part as far as evangelism is concerned? What is your part about the kingdom of God? If you are part of the kingdom, you have a responsibility to bring others into this kingdom. Stop being selfish. You are selfish. If you are not sharing this gospel, you are selfish. You know what you are trying to tell yourself? I want to be here alone. It's only for me, me, I, and myself. And God is saying, we must get involved. Everyone got involved for Jericho walls to come down. The walls we see in our cities, the walls we are seeing in our families, the walls we are seeing everywhere, but everyone must get involved. How willing are you to get involved? If you get involved, something is going to happen. They heard, they heard what God said and they followed what God said. Are you willing to follow what God has said? Be obedient to God. It is not what you know. It is what God has said. If God has said it, I believe it and that settles it. Yes, you can have your opinion, but if God has said, I believe it. He's the one who has said, he's not a son of man that he should lie. Neither is he man that he can change his mind. If he has said it, believe it and do it. Walk in obedience. Because when you walk in obedience, you will see the glory of God rest upon your life. Do what he tells you to do. Sometimes I thank God for for Jesus' mother, Mary, in a wedding at Cana of Galilee. And they've run short of wine. And the, 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 the disciples have come to, G, to Martha and they're saying, Mary, we have no wine. And Mary tries to talk to Jesus and Jesus says, what have I to do with it? But when Mary goes back to the disciples, he says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So what has God told you to do? Friends, do it. Oh, are they going to listen? That is not your problem. Listen to me, someone. Yeah, supposing they don't listen. Supposing they do. Because we only think if not. Can we begin to think positive? Supposing they did. Because you, you are afraid because you are we Oh my goodness. If they reject me, how will I be? Have you ever said, supposing they accept me? Why are we negative? It's because we don't understand the power that we carry. We carry an authority. We carry the divine presence of the living God. Friends, arise to the call of God in your life. Speak to the walls. Go around them. Bring them down. And if God is with you, those walls will come down. That is the power of God in your life. So this morning, are you willing to partner with God? Because those who have experienced the divine power and they have had this divine encounter, they do things with boldness and authority.
Because they know it is not about them, it's about God. And this morning, if you know it's not about you, you will go with power and boldness to do it. You will do what you could never do if it were just you. You know, if it was just Israelites, can you imagine the walls crumbling down? You think they would have just crumbled? No, it was about God. It was about God. The walls came down. And this morning, if God is involved, everything will happen according to his will. There are things you think I can never do it. You've written yourself off. But God will say to you this morning, you are able to do what you couldn't have done if God was not with you. That is why the apostles in chapter 4 verse 13, they said they they might have been with Jesus. When you begin to do it, people will wonder, how did you do it? I've been having an encounter with him. And more than that, the supernatural will be seen. Because you have had that encounter. The supernatural will be seen. The walls coming down was a supernatural act. Because walls had never come down by a shout. Can you imagine if you began to reason it? Because very many of us want to reason the acts of God. You can, can you try to reason a shout bringing a wall down? It's beyond our imagination. And that is what God is. If you obey him, the supernatural will follow you. The supernatural that God, only God can do, will be able to be seen and no one will be able to deny it. You will experience that power, the great power of God. I pray this morning, may the Lord reveal himself to our lives. May we have an encounter with him that things will never be the same again. This morning, I want us to ask the glory of God to come up, to rise upon our lives. And then we will pray. I want to pray, church. We need God. We cannot do without him. There are walls in our lives. We want to speak to those walls. They must crumble down. Those walls that have been standing in your way. I want to speak to those walls in Jesus' name. And they will not continue to stand in your life at all. I know you need to conquer something in your life. Some of us must conquer sin. Because sin has been standing between you and your God. You've really wanted to do something, but sin has been the problem. Your heart has not been circumcised. This morning, you can conquer it. That's the wall that must come down before every other wall comes down in your life. So we must conquer our Jericho. There's the Jericho that stands before you. It's a barrier to your success. It's a barrier to your, to, to, to your blessing. It's a barrier to anything that God has given into your life. That Jericho must be conquered this morning. By the power of God, it must come down. We must demolish every wall. Every evil. The Bible says, do not love the world or the things of the world. If you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All those things will hinder you from getting into what God wants you to get into. We have to demolish them this morning and Jesus will be seen in our lives. Every wall must come down. It doesn't matter what it is. Some of us are, we have financial walls. We are ever in a financial crisis. We can never have a breakthrough. Others are, it is a sickness situation. There is a real wall. Others is unbelief. You have never believed in God. I pray this morning that that wall will come down. And God will be seen in your life. Friends, I want us to pray. Would you bow your heads before the Lord? I want us to pray this morning. I desire the power of God to come upon you. I desire that you may experience the divine. Because God is in this place. He is here. God is in this place, friends. What is it that has been standing in your way? What are these obstacles? 
Is your heart circumcised? Have you had this divine encounter with God? What is it that makes things not work around and about you? What is it that doesn't allow the fire of God to burn within your heart? I pray that the glory of God will rise upon you this morning. I pray that the Lord will open your eyes that you may be able to see. The Bible says the God of this world has blinded them. That they cannot see. But I pray that God will open your eyes this morning. And allow you to see his glory. And allow you to see his power. And allow you to see his will. That we are willing to take our city for God. And we are willing to stand strong. and, And declare the name of Jesus. Everywhere in this city. We are willing to bring down every barrier. Over the success of preaching the gospel in this city. Are you willing to have a divine encounter with him? Are you willing for the touch of God to be upon you? As you bow your heads. I'll ask the the worship leader to sing a song to us as I pray. And then I will pray. But open your heart. And allow God to move within you this morning. Thank you Jesus. We bless you Lord. Hallelujah. Just talk to God. In your own way. As I spoke, maybe you saw things that you really need to deal with this morning. As I spoke to you this morning, you realized that you need a divine encounter to continue on. Because men that had divine encounters did great things for Jesus. And you can do it this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.